Whoa. Strong. Good afternoon. <laughs> One of the things that uh, we're concerned about is teachers, not just sound, my goodness. But uh, he's getting it. Watch him run. Watch him run. Go, Dave, go. <clears throat> One of the things that we're concerned about as teachers is we're conscious of time because uh, we feel the discussion time that you guys have is extremely important. And so we want to make sure that we, we leave enough time for you to have that discussion. And uh, as I thought about that, it reminded me of a story I heard of a preacher that got up on Sunday morning and he had a band-aid on his chin. And he got up to start to give his message and he said, this morning while I was shaving, I had my mind on my message and I cut my face. And then he went on to just, you know, preach and wax eloquent and he went on and on and on and on. Well past noon hour, well past lunch, people are checking their watches, but he just thought he was doing great. Finished with a great big flourish and prayer and was standing at the back uh, at the end of the service and people coming by shaking his hands and there was one little old lady, faithful woman in the church, she walked by and she said, next week, keep your mind on your face and cut your message. <laughs> so we want to be conscious of time to give you guys enough uh, time to discuss what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about John chapter 3 today. If you brought a Bible or there's a Bible on your uh, table there and you want to follow along the encounter that Nicodemus had with Jesus. I love this idea that we've been having and this conversation that we've been having the last several weeks about having an encounter with Jesus. But before I get into this encounter with Nicodemus, the idea of an encounter uh, makes me think of Jacob. If you remember just a couple of events from the story of Jacob's life, do you remember when... Uh, he stole the blessing and he stole the birthright from his brother. He deceived his father. And really what he was doing was he was taking the inheritance away from the older brother and he was taking even the spiritual inheritance and the spiritual blessing away. <clears throat> As a result of that, his brother wanted to kill him and so he had to flee for his life. And he stopped the first night at a place called Bethel. And the Bible tells us that he laid his head on a pillow and, or a, a stone for a pillow and he had a dream that night with a stairway to heaven and God was at the top and angels were ascending and descending and, and, and Jacob was just, wow, I've been in the presence of God. It, it was an awesome experience, but it didn't change his life because for the next 20 years, Jacob continued to be the same deceiver and the same conniver and the same liar and he also began to reap in his life what he had sown. But on his way back to his home, he stopped at a different place named Peniel. And there the Bible says the angel of the Lord came and wrestled. And he wrestled with him all night long. And when that was over, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And he had an encounter. So there's a difference between an experience and an encounter. We have a lot of experiences. And we can have experiences in the presence of God like Jacob did. But I think the question that we've been talking about here in Huddle is, have we had an encounter with Jesus, an encounter that goes beyond just a simple experience. We can have experiences that don't change our lives, but we want to have an encounter with Jesus that will change our life. And in John chapter 3, we read about Nicodemus having an encounter with Jesus. Now, Nicodemus was one of the Pharisees. He was a religious leader of Israel, which also meant he was a political leader. He was a religious and political leader both. He was very very educated. He was very, very influential in the community. And the Bible tells us that he came to Jesus by night. 
Now, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly why he came to Jesus by night. We've always supposed that he was afraid of what others would think. He was a Pharisee, uh, so he wanted the cover of darkness and all that. Maybe he just worked a long, long, long day. And this was the first chance he got to get to it. You know, we don't really know. But it says he came to Jesus by night. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader, who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Now, Nicodemus calls Jesus Rabbi. So he is referring to Jesus as a teacher. He's coming to Jesus as an educated man and looking at Jesus as a teacher. He's coming at him from an intellectual point of view. He's got some questions. Yet at the same time, he's going beyond just, just the intellectual questions of his mind to recognize that Jesus has power, that he has performed miracles. And Nicodemus says, myself and others are noticing that these miracles are evidence of God's presence in your life. So Nicodemus is an influential man, an intellectual man, looking for knowledge, but he's realizing that there is something more than knowledge. He's beginning to realize that there is the potential in Jesus for a supernatural encounter, for something beyond just the intellectual give and take that they normally gave. Jesus replied to him, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. That phrase, born again, has become a very interesting and bandied about phrase in our society today. And whenever I read this, I always have to remind myself that Jesus was the one who came up with it. You know, some people are kind of afraid to use that term born again because they don't want to associate maybe with some other people who have used it. But, you know, Jerry Falwell didn't invent, invent the phrase. Pat Robertson didn't invent the phrase. No church, no denomination didn't invent the phrase. Some churches, some denominations may use the phrase more than others, but the bottom line is Jesus is the one who said, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, he uses the words emphatically, and he uses them twice in the same conversation in which the most famous of all the Bible verses is used, John 3.16. And we'll get to that a little bit more as we go down through the passage. Jesus said, unless you are born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. The passage goes on, verse 4. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Now, some, some may have been in church for a long time, and this is a familiar passage, and so you just read through that and think nothing of it. Maybe some others, this is a first time or first time in a long time you've come across this passage. But let's just get the picture in our mind for a minute. Jesus, this is the first time this idea has ever come up. Nicodemus comes to Jesus. He says, hey, we recognize that you know God's presence must be with you because you're doing great miracles. And Jesus addresses something a little bit different because he knows beyond Nicodemus's uh, front that he's putting on and can see right through his heart. And Jesus says, unless you are born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus says that, it's the first time it's ever been said, first time it's ever been heard, and Nicodemus immediately gets this picture in his mind. Can you get the picture in your mind? You ought to be cracking up right now if you can get this picture in your mind. <laughs> I mean, Nicodemus is saying, how in the world can I, at my age right now, get shoved back into my mother's womb and get born all over again? I mean, that was the question. And it's a great question. You might say, well, it's a stupid question. Not, not in light of what Jesus was saying. 
presenting a concept that this man had never thought of before, an idea he had never even considered before. Born again. What do you mean born again? How in the world can I get back into my mother's womb and get born again? Now, sometimes the most profound questions are the most simple questions. My brother is a professor. He's got four degrees past high school. You know, my goal in life has been to get as educated as I possibly can without ever having to take Greek or Hebrew. So, you know, I mean, I, I just got the one degree and sh- let's get to work. You know, my brother, he just keeps going to school. Now he lives at school and he teaches and he comes up with some doozies of questions. You know, he, he comes at things from a completely different viewpoint than I do. And that's what Nicodemus was doing. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, Nicodemus' question is obviously in the natural realm. Jesus says, you must be born again. Nicodemus says, how can I get back in my mother's womb and be born again? Because he's thinking only in completely physical and completely natural terms. And what Jesus is saying here is it's not just about the natural birth. It's not just about what happens in the natural realm. Something has to happen in the spiritual realm. Something has to happen in your spirit. You are not just a natural person. You are not just a natural person. When your body ceases to function, you don't die. I got a call. 12.30 Monday morning. A 39-year-old woman had an asthma attack suddenly died. She has two children, same ages as my kids. A 16-year-old girl, a 14-year-old boy. Her body ceased to function. She's lying in the funeral home waiting for us to have service this weekend. But she did not die. Her spirit lives on. Her soul lives lives on each one of us has a spirit and a soul that will last forever jesus is trying to get nicodemus out of thinking in natural terms to thinking in spiritual terms so in answer to the question that nicodemus didn't ask but that jesus knew that he had there's got to be more than a natural experience we all have to have more than a natural experience and more than just intellectual knowledge. Something has to happen in our spirit. Just as you were born into this world, some of you, that was farther back than others, but just as you were born into this world, there's got to be a new birth of the human spirit in you. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit is the one who does this work. Now some may be asking the same question Nicodemus asked next. How are these things possible? How are these things possible? Nicodemus realizes that there is something beyond what everybody is seeing. He wants to know what it is and how it happens. He says the leaders have been getting curious, the other Pharisees. They've been wondering who this Jesus is. They've been noticing His miracles too. They've been noticing His power too. He's turned water into wine. He's created a huge disruption in the temple. He's had a major confrontation already with the Jewish leaders. And and they wanted Him to do more miracles, just kind of like a dog and pony show. But Jesus refused to do miracles just at their whim. He wasn't going to do it. But He did do several other miracles later to meet people's needs. But with Nicodemus, this is a sincere curiosity. He just doesn't want to see Jesus do tricks. He's got a serious curiosity about who Jesus is and what He's all about. Some of the leaders are probably already ready to do away with Jesus. 
They see him as a rebel. But others are truly seeking for the Jewish Messiah and their questions are good questions. People today have some good questions. In light of a lot of things that happen in the church today, there are some really good questions. And people need some good answers. The question, where did Jesus come from, is a good question. Who is Jesus really? That's a good question. Nicodemus stated that there were several who recognized Jesus as coming from God because of the miracles. For them, the miracles were proof that Jesus had come from God. But Nicodemus wanted to know more. And Jesus knew what Nicodemus really wanted to know. Jesus could see right through Nicodemus' heart and right through his intentions. And so Jesus answered the question before Nicodemus could even ask it. Jesus replied, You're a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. Now Jesus refers back to a story that Nicodemus and all the other good Jews would immediately remember. It's a story from the book of Numbers in the Old Testament where God had put a plague on the people of Israel and they were dying and uh, Moses pled and interceded for them. And so God told Moses, make a bronze snake, stick it up on a pole and everybody who just looks at it will be healed. They'll be healed of the plague. They won't die. That's exactly what happened. And Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, Nicodemus doesn't understand this now. His disciples didn't even understand it for years. They didn't understand it until after he was already dead and raised from the dead. But Jesus is saying, I am going to be lifted up. He's talking about the cross. And everybody who looks to me will be healed, will be spiritually healed, will have the new birth in their spirit that I'm talking about, the encounter. And Nicodemus didn't understand it, but this is the idea, getting past our intellectual knowledge getting past the questions that we have. Not throwing knowledge away. Not throwing intelligence away. Not throwing education away. Not throwing learning away. Don't ever stop asking questions. Don't ever stop asking questions. But don't wait until you get all of your questions answered to open yourself up to an encounter with Jesus. We put our faith in what we know. We don't put our faith in something that's obscure and something that's ethereal and something that can't be defined. We put our faith in facts. We put our faith in historical facts of who Jesus was, what He did, who He said He was. We put our faith in what we know. But we don't have to know everything in order to have our spirits reborn as Jesus is talking about. The fact of the matter is the Bible doesn't even answer every question. The Bible doesn't have all the answers. The Bible doesn't tell us everything we need to know. The Bible does tell us everything we need to know in order to have a relationship with Jesus, the encounter with Jesus that will get our spirits reborn. You can get questions answered. You can believe and still not receive eternal life. Still not have this spiritual new birth that Jesus is talking about. Not have an encounter with Jesus. There's got to be an encounter beyond understanding. 
And that's what Jesus is telling Nicodemus. There's a couple of verses we quote a lot in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. You have got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. I am convinced that there are a lot of people who believe in their heart everything the Bible says about Jesus. But they have never gotten around to confessing it with their mouth. I also believe there's a whole lot of folks who confess with their mouth their belief in Jesus, but they really don't believe deep down in their heart. They've never put their total faith and trust. They've never had the encounter that we're talking about. And you have to have both. The two have to go together. I, I have intellectual knowledge about George Washington. I have intellectual knowledge about Abraham Lincoln. I have intellectual knowledge about, you know, all kinds of historical figures. I have intellectual knowledge about present uh, people. But, th- but I, I haven't met them. I don't know them. I've never had an encounter with them. We've got to get past the place where we simply have the intellectual knowledge about Jesus and who He is and what the Bible says to have an encounter with Him. That's where Nicodemus was going. And that's where we need to go. To have a personal encounter. Not just recognize who He is and what the Bible says and that it was right. But to come to an understanding that this Jesus was a real person. And He really did die. And He really did raise from the dead. And His death was all about taking the punishment for everything that I've ever done wrong against God. And if I believe it and confess it, I am going to have a personal encounter. I just talked with him this morning. I wouldn't stand up here without talking to him. I mean, I'm talking about him. I've called people on the phone before and I say, I hear you're talking about me. You want to talk to me? I'm not going to talk about Jesus unless I talk to him. This is what we're talking about. The personal encounter where you know him. And that's what Jesus gives him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. There's the love. The relationship. The encounter. And I think the next verse is just as awesome as that one, even though the verse 16 is the most famous one. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. How many have ever thought all God wants to do is zap us? He's mean. He's angry. He's a judge. Jesus says, God didn't send me here to judge. He sent me here to show love. So when you have an encounter with me, you'll have a relationship with God. And the passage ends, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him, but anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Jesus seems to be saying here, if we continue in ways that are displeasing to God, then we will receive the judgment of God. If we continue living a lifestyle that is not according to God's plan, we will never get into the light. Light is a common symbol of knowledge, common symbol of learning. We will never get the knowledge we need to get out of the darkness and into the light without an encounter with Jesus Christ. How do I stop? How do I stop doing the things that displease God? How do I learn about God's plan? Well, you're in a good place right here. Because the Bible 
is the way to find out. If you're not sure what God's plan is and what God's plan is not, then read the Bible. It's God's Word to you. And as you read, you are going to be coming into the light that Jesus was talking about. You're going to be coming out of the darkness. You're going to begin to receive knowledge. And since the Bible says that God's Word is living, God's Word is alive, then as you read it and as you study it and as you listen to it and as you learn it, then the Holy Spirit is going to bring you past the point of simply gaining knowledge from what you are reading. And He's going to bring you into an encounter with Jesus Christ. Because just as we have the written Word, Jesus Christ is the living Word. Father, I pray today that You would help each one of us, Lord, to, to come beyond the questions and even beyond the answers, beyond mere knowledge, beyond our intellect. Nicodemus was looking for answers and Jesus wanted him to have an encounter, a relationship. Help us, Lord, to get beyond all of our questions. Help us to get beyond our own intellect, no matter how simple we may think or how intellectual we may think. And help us to realize that Jesus Christ is a real person. And He wants to have a real living relationship with each and every one of us. Help us to have an encounter like Nicodemus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless your discussion.